We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Here, welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. I just want to give a quick message to you, the listener. I appreciate you and I'm thrilled to have you here for another episode. If there is ever anything I can do to support you, please reach out. That being said, here's two ways that you can connect with me. Definitely check out our Facebook group, Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. Second, LinkedIn is actually the channel that you're going to find me most active on. Just search for Lori Hybe. You can simply click the follow button as I post daily information about marketing strategy, tips, and all podcast episodes. I can't wait to hear from you. Social Capital Podcast is sponsored by Keystone Click, a strategic digital marketing agency that believes in order to successfully market to your ideal customer, you first need to understand that customer. Learn more at keystoneclick.com. All right, today's guest is Robert Cruz. Robert Cruz is an original founder and the president of Zero Knox. Mr. Cruz is an entrepreneur and businessman. Having obtained a business degree from the Franciscan University of Steubenville in 2009 and also holds a real estate license and mortgage license. Mr. Cruz's experience and expertise includes starting and running several businesses sales, product development, real estate loans, youth outreach, and community growth. Mr. Cruz's business contributions include patents for products he has designed, starting multiple businesses and doing multi-million dollars in real estate transactions through his real estate investment companies, Rico Property Group, Invia Investments, and HCS Investments. Mr. Cruz was born in Spokane, Washington, but has lived most of his life in Porterville, California, and the San Joaquin Valley. He's married and currently enjoys time with his wife, five children, volunteering in the local community, and is an avid sports fan. Robert, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm excited to have you here. That was quite the quite the bio. Lots of lots of things going on in your world. Yeah, I like to stay busy. It's uh, <laughs> it keeps me out of trouble. I, I feel you. I'm, I'm definitely got lots of irons in the fire myself. That's the entrepreneurial spirit. It sure is. <laughs> you can't sit still, that's for sure. Boredom is not in my in my vocabulary. Exactly right. Let's talk about Zero Knox. What's uh what's the mission of the organization there? The mission of Zero Knox is to empower a clean, um, higher performing and innovative future without compromise. And that kind of goes to, okay, of course, everyone's for clean technology and, you know, like sustainability, right, is, is a big buzzword. Um, but our mission is a lot more than that. It's a, it's a more holistic approach to sustainability because most of the time when people refer to sustainability, they're just talking about the environmental impact, right? But the holistic approach to true sustainability is, you know, okay, what about, you know, performance? What about the economics. And so um, our mission kind of envelops all of those into a true ecosystem uh, of sustainability. 
How is Zero Knox different than other EV type companies? Well, at, at Zero Knox, we've created this platform for clean technology to come to market. And so we're not just specifically focused on uh, electric vehicles. Uh, um, of course, that, that's a huge focus of ours, um, but it's not our only focus. When, when we evaluate a, you know, a project or a product, um, it certainly is about the, the getting it cleaner, but it's also about the performance, like I mentioned, and, and the cost benefit. And that's not always you know, gonna be EV. So that's a horizontal market that we have um, but there's a lot of other layers to it. And so we've taken um, EVs, we've added in, for instance, the microgrids, which is a big part of EVs. A lot of people don't realize that you know, if you get an electric vehicle, a lot of people think, well, okay, I, my, now my carbon footprint on for that is, is zero. Well, that's not the case. You've got to go one step further and look at, well, where are you getting uh, you know, the electricity to power that EV? If, if that grid is just as dirty as the internal combustion engine, then you haven't accomplished anything if you're looking at it from an environmental um, impact standpoint. And so we, we have multiple vertical markets um, to take all this into account. So we are in EVs, but we're also in microgrids. We're also in these other clean, innovative technologies. And so I think that's where we really differ from a lot of other EV type of companies out there is that our, our focus is more broad. It's more about this platform and, and bringing whatever innovative technologies are available and, and not being so specific because there's not a one size fits all, especially, you know, we want to be a player worldwide. And, and when you talk about what the solution is going to be here in the U.S. versus, say, in Africa um, or Europe, it's going to be different. And so you, when you're kind of coming up with the solutions and the innovations, uh, you, you have to have a, a broader uh, approach. And, and, and that's kind of you know, what we've done and, and why we're different. Wow. Yeah, it sounds like, and I, I love the, the perspective that you brought to the table on, on looking at this from kind of a, a global impact too, not just uh, our, our hometowns here. Um, can you share a little bit with our listeners about the other products that uh, Zero Knox is developing? Yeah, so our, what we've done, we started out with what we call proof of concept. So we've been building out a electric powertrain for off-highway vehicles. That's like your forklifts and utility vehicles and heavy equipment and such. And so when we initially started the company, we're in the San Joaquin Valley, which is a huge ag center. In fact, the World Ag Expo, which is the largest agricultural expo in the world is here. And so that, that's, when we started the company, it was to, to help the ag community and, and those off-road vehicles that they use and be able to bring them clean technology that could perform at the same level that they were used to with an internal combustion engine. So that was the premise of starting Zero Knox. And then of course we've evolved since then into something a lot bigger. And so we're developing these, you know, these e-kits we'll call them that can, that, you know, we can go to an OEM and, and, and electrify their vehicle. So we've brought to market multiple products. To us, it's a proof of concept. They're Xeronox owned products. So we have the Tuatera brand for utility vehicles. We have the Ion brand for utility vehicles. They're 
all lithium iron batteries. So it's the most upgraded battery you can get on the market right now. Um, and we're also coming out with the line of forklifts, uh, peak forklift brand, same thing. All of them have the most upgraded battery technology. And at the same time, we're developing the next generation of, of technology. So we're working on a proprietary motor. We're working on um, upgrades to the battery systems themselves, utilizing graphene, for instance, to increase the longevity of the battery. And so we have a pretty robust um, R&D department. Um, and then on top of that, as I mentioned you know, previously, it's not just electric vehicles. We're also working on technology to assist uh, anywhere that we can make you know, cleaner, higher performing, economical. And, and one of those that, that we just are at the point of commercialization on is called a NOx particulate reductor. We call it an NPR. And it's sort of like a turbo, but it connects to any internal combustion engine and can reduce the NOx by about 40 to 50% while increasing the fuel efficiency by around 10 to 20%. So we're really excited to be able to bring that type of what I would call kind of bridging technology um, you know, as we move to, a, to you know, full electrification, especially here in the United States, right? I mean, certainly you, you can see from a, uh, here in California, especially, um, the electrification movement is coming and it's close. Um, but until we get a, a larger range from those electric vehicles, there's going to be some bridge technologies that are cleaner and, and still higher performing like we're talking about. And so we're working on both those aspects. We're working on those bridge technologies to lower emissions and increase performance while at the same time developing the next generation uh, of electric powertrain. For, and that's what the future, that's what we believe the future is going to look like. Yeah, well, these are definitely big initiatives you're working on right now. Huge initiatives, sounds like. Yes. Uh, yeah, fascinating. I, I love it. And I love the big picture thinking that you, you've got going on right now. And and sounds like you've got a lot of really good wheels in motion <laughs> to, to help bring these future, this future EV world uh, to reality. Yeah, no, the, the, I mean, and it, it's amazing to look at it from a global perspective. We've, I, I mean, I've been able to travel to, you know, New Zealand, to China, to Africa, just here in the past, you know, couple of years in, in working with uh, both partnerships and potential customers. We actually have strategic partners across four continents um, for, for different, you know, either technology or products that we're assisting in bringing to market. And when you get outside of the U.S., you realize that it's, it's all around the world. Everyone's trying to figure out how to get this cleaner technology in. Um, one example I'll give is we're working on a project over in Ghana, Africa, uh, to electrify some uh, refuse trucks. And, I mean, Africa, you, you know, I, wouldn't even think that that is a focus that they they have, and you know they sent people over here to the San Joaquin Valley to, to check us out and invited us uh, over to come check them out their situation. And so they have say a thousand of these garbage trucks um, that they want to electrify. Well, their infrastructure for, for their grid right is so far behind like what we're used to here in the United States. So. Um, 
they have like these huge plans of, elect of electrification and, and cleaning up what they have going on, but it, it is so involved because it's, you know, we're going to have to build a lot of infrastructure uh, for microgrids in order, you know, you can imagine a, a thousand electric trucks charging overnight. That's a lot of power mm -hmm. requirements and, and figuring that out. Sure. And it's awesome to see not just in the United States, but this is happening all over the world. And even in countries that maybe you wouldn't expect, like, you know, Ghana and, and uh, let's see who else we've talked to, like Indonesia and Zambia or a, a few of the other countries that we've been in talks to. Yeah, it's fascinating. And, and there's, there's you know, like you said, everyone's kind of tackling this from a different perspective to try to solve this problem. But it, uh, and how do you stay on top of all the different approaches and tactics that people are trying to implement? globally. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You do have to look at it from different perspectives and you have to take into account a lot of different factors culturally. Uh, you know, what's the demographics? What's, what's the environment like? And what I mean by that is, so from the microgrid perspective, depending on where you're at, you know, there's solar and there's wind and there's hydro. Um, there, there's a lot of different ways you know to get energy and some of them work better in in certain environments and certain cultures and so all that has to be factored in when you when you talk about these large projects that we want to accomplish and it's about creating relationships with the people who understand the environment um you know that they live in that they're a part of because you know, for instance, like I was mentioning Ghana before, I don't know anything about Ghana you know, until I, I went over there and met with the people and, and you know, understanding culturally and politically, uh, you know, what's the environment like? And, and then from all those, you know, all those different things, we were able to, to bring a project to life. But it, it's, it's not just having one solution. It is Kind of having a, a multi-solution approach, and uh, it's it's really a lot of relationships, and kind of trying to understand what the other side wants. Sure. So it's it's pretty involved. <laughs> Sounds like it. Quite impressive. All right, this is gonna be a, a great time to pause for a quick message from our sponsor. Social Capital is sponsored by Keystone Click. Located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Keystone Click is a strategic digital marketing agency focused on helping their clients generate and nurture opportunities online. For Social Capital listeners, they've created an awesome Guide to Profits booklet featuring 42 tips on how to build brand awareness, generate leads, and nurture those opportunities online. Visit keystoneclick.com backslash profits to download your own guide today. Robert, the purpose of this show is to help people feel comfortable when it comes to networking. And you, I like how you, you talked a lot about, you know, building these relationships on a, on a global level. But my goal is to eliminate any fears that people might have when they hear that word networking. And I'm hoping you can do that by sharing one of your favorite networking experiences that you've had. Yes. Yeah, so. When you were when you were mentioning my uh, bio at the beginning of the show, you'll notice that I don't have any background in engineering or EV. Uh, my background is in real estate and entrepreneurship. And my my partner, the the co-founder of Xeronox, is a Harvard law grad. So um, <laughs> we we certainly did, don't have the backgrounds that maybe you would expect 
for an EV type of company. And I think that was kind of a blessing in a way because we really knew what we didn't know. And it became that important to build a team around us. And one thing that we both had, especially here in the San Joaquin Valley, was relationships. And, and that networking ability is how we built this company. And, and all of the, starting from the shareholders, and I'll give you an example of that, the idea for Xeranox was to assist the agricultural community here, like I mentioned earlier. To start the company, we invited a bunch of you know business contacts in the ag community to a to a local restaurant one evening and had a, a slide presentation and pitched them this idea that I that I'm telling you about for Zero Knox. And that night we raised seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars from that group to start this company. And these were you know farmers and ranchers and other ag community type people, and they weren't just buying into, I mean, of course, yeah, it sounds great, you know, cleaner, higher performing economical technology, right? But it was a lot of relationship. It was, it was years of relationships. You know, it was Vaughn and I have been a part of this community. Our families have been a part of this community. They know who we are. They, we grew up with these people. Um, and so they knew we weren't some fly by night guys, you know, coming to take their money. They, they knew what we believed in, what we stood for. They knew our families. And so that networking made it, it possible where we didn't have the background per se from an engineering and EV standpoint, but we had the relationships and they knew who we are and what we were about. And then we went and grew the team in, in finding those engineers and the product development side. Um, and, and it's, you mentioned earlier, like it's, it's about having the courage to, to go and, and make these relationships. I remember when we decided that we wanted to um, create this, the baddest UTV, electric UTV there would be on the market. And so we wanted to, to find a, a UTV company, a UTV OEM that we could partner with to do this. And we searched, we found a company in New Zealand to, that just had the, this awesome UTV. It was it was obviously a gas-powered one at the time. And so I jumped on a plane with a couple of the guys, flew to New Zealand, and it was like a mom-and-pop shop, kind of. Um, we stayed at their home, you know, to, and, and struck a business deal over, the, over that. And, and that's our highest-selling product right now. We've, we've sold, you know, millions in revenue for this product and, and now have the worldwide uh, rights to it. So it, it takes a lot of courage to do that. It means a lot to people when, when you do those types of things as well, flying all the way across the world to meet with them. Um, and and, and it's, it's more than just business, right? People can tell when it's more than, than business. I mean, there's, there certainly is a personal aspect as well. If, if, you, if you really want to create a relationship, a long-lasting relationship. And so I think that's how Vaughn and I really were able to get the company going. And I think for anyone to be successful, they need to have those type of, of skills. You know, you, you've got to have the courage to, you know, to go and, and be vulnerable and, and uh, get, get the, these discussions going. But the, the benefits are just incredible. Totally. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's the thing. It's stepping outside of your comfort zone. 
So you've got a global network, obviously. How do you stay in front of and best nurture this this community and this network that you've established? I so I'm I'm a people's person, so I, I love conversation and talking with others, but there's different ways of staying in touch and showing you know what we have going on. So in these business relationships, we're, we're constantly in communication with them. We're constantly, obviously we want to get what's best for us, but at the same time, you need to take into account that it's, there's also somebody else, somebody else's business and livelihood on the line. So it's not just, you know, squeezing the rock until there, there's no water left. Right. And so that's the approach that we've tried to take with our partners so that they know, you know, they, they matter and that we, we want them to be successful. It's the whole win-win um, approach. And I think in business, you can tell your partners who, who take that stance. And to me, the way you can tell is when, when something kind of bad happens or some difficulty happens, right? Those partners who are willing to kind of give up something just to make, you know, just to help you out knowing that the relationship is more than that one-time event. And I know we've done, we've done that for multiple partners. We've had partners do that for us multiple times. And that kind of level of generosity in the moment kind of goes to show me, okay, these guys are about the long-term um, relationship. And it, and it makes you trust them more, right? Because they're not just in it for the, for the one sale or the, the one deal it's they're, they're looking at the bigger picture and, and those are the relationships that you want to keep and hold on to because uh, those are extremely valuable. Love it. I, I agree hundred percent. And it, it's not a, it's not a one and done situation. It, it takes, it takes time, but you got to put in the effort to, to reap the rewards of that. What additional advice would you offer that business professional who's really looking to grow their network? I think Going out and especially like in the volunteer side, I think Vaughn and I, you know, going back to, you know, I can just speak from our, our community here, we were very involved in the community. And so when people see you in the community, your involvement in the community, it just shows that you care. And when people know that you care, then that trust is a lot easier to come by, right? The, the, the relationship, like there's, first there's the facade, right? There's the, how are you? I'm good. You're, you're good, right? It's, it's getting past that, that creates a, a, this longer lasting relationship that we're kind of talking about. And I think the easiest way to break that barrier is, is to, you know, coming out with, you know, like a community service type of events are wonderful ways of, of networking and finding the, those type of people. Um, and I know a lot of the relationships that I've been able to get over the years have been through that, um, you know, the, the different church events and stuff, you know, all those things that the school events, you know, school, I'm thinking about, uh, I mean, some of our early investors are parents of kids that, that go to my kids' schools, right? And, and, and we're doing those, you know, the 
the, uh, the events and the fundraisers at the school. And, and, and that's where the relationship gets built and the trust gets built. And then you find out about the other person and then they want to become a part of it. So it's, you have to get out and be involved. You can't just, you know, sit at home and, and expect it just to show up at your front doorstep. You have to, you know, it's like any relationship. It's not, you give 50, I give 50. It's, I give a hundred percent, you give a hundred percent. Right. And that's the approach that you need to have. And if you do, then good things happen. It's just, that's just how the universe works. Yeah. I, I have the same philosophy as you and it's not, it's not just knocking on someone's door to say, let's do some business together. And, and oftentimes it's doing those community or passion projects that lead to some amazing professional connections. And, um, but you have to go in with the good intention, not with the, the goal and objective of, of winning business right away. Exactly. Right. And people can see through that too, you know, totally. they, they, they want to, they want the legitimacy of, of generosity. They don't, they don't want the facade. So I'm going to ask you a fun question here. If you could go back to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? My 20-year-old self. I would say um, what I told myself, hey, you should go to class a little bit more often. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I didn't realize I was an entrepreneur until a little bit later on in life. And actually, it's probably close to my my, my twenties. And so I think I would have told my 20 year old self to, to go in and, you know, take, take those chances that I, it, you know, I, I had these ideas and, and as an entrepreneur, I mean, when you're still, you're, when you're trying, when you're kind of sorting through and figuring out like, am I really an entrepreneur? Are these good ideas? Give you know, having the courage just to test things out. It's okay to fail. It's a great way to learn actually. And so I think if I could have instilled the, you know, just more courage, you know, to, to get moving on some of the ideas that I had. um, I think that's what I would share with myself because as you, as an entrepreneur, as you start taking those risks and stepping out and then all of a sudden you realize that, you know, those things that don't work out, if they're, they're great learning experiences. In fact, I was, business major in, in, in school, but I learned more trying, you know, starting my own businesses, some working out, some not than I ever did in business school. Um, and so I, all, all the things that didn't work out, they taught me such great lessons that I wouldn't change it. You know, I wouldn't you know, go back and because of, you know, I'm so happy with uh, where I am today and the lessons that I've learned. And I don't know that I would have learned those lessons any other way. I love that. I'm, I'm a big fan of really whatever experiences you've had, it's perspective and it's giving you education, wisdom, insight. So um, it, it, yeah, it, there's always things we wish we could have done differently, but you know, you are where you are today because of what you, the experiences you had previously. Exactly right. Good or bad, you know, that they, they mold us into who we are and, and, and you're, totally right. It's, it's totally perspective. Happiness is a choice that we, that, you know, we, we make if we want to make it. And even when things are difficult, so I couldn't agree more. 
Robert, any final word or advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? Just, I, I mean, the main thing is, I guess one quote that I really like is don't let what you want now get in the way of what you want most. And the, the good and the good to come is going to be, there's going to be a lot of sacrifices. You're going to have to maybe give up things that, that you want right away for the kind of the bigger picture type of thing. And it's totally worth it. Uh, if you can stay self-disciplined, um, if you can hold off for the big game, uh, I, I, totally believe it. it's a much more fulfilled life. I think it's totally worth it. So self-discipline, um, courage, that's another big one. Don't, don't mm-hmm. be afraid to, to take risks. Uh, we only get one life and so make it worthwhile. Um, but you know, I think those are some advice that I've been given and, and it's made a huge impact and, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of opportunity out there. And so keep your head up, not down, you know, just don't just grab what's easy because what's difficult is always worth more. So that's, um, it's worthwhile to, for the difficulty ahead. I love that. So if anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what's the best way that they can reach you? Yeah. Reaching out to our office here at Zero Knox, uh, Portable, California, you know, zeronox.com is, you know, our, our website's there and has all of our contact information. We love people, you know, coming by and visiting us, calling us, asking us questions. Um, we're pretty open to, to any of that. So I, of course, would welcome. Cool. We'll include all that information in our show notes. Um, all right. This was, this is great. This wraps up our show. Thank you so much, Robert, for taking the time to share all about Zero Knox and, and your networking experiences. My pleasure, Lori. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. All right. This wraps up our episode. Again, a huge thank you to Robert for taking the time to connect with us. As mentioned before, let's connect on LinkedIn, connect with Robert on LinkedIn. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. I'm sure he is as well. I hope you enjoyed today's show. And most importantly, go reach out and connect with someone. Reconnect with someone from your past or find someone new that you'd like to connect with. That's what it's all about. Go and build those relationships. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.